Hear the word of the Lord from the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this beautiful word of encouragement that you have brought us this morning. I ask that you will anoint me to proclaim your good news to those who are in exile, waiting in darkness for your coming. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Sarah Lewis, and many of you may know me or have seen me here serving communion on Sundays from time to time. I'm the ministry intern here at Trinity Anglican Eastside and I'm earning my Master of Divinity degree at Candler School of Theology. I'm very blessed to be here and to be part of Trinity and to be speaking from this beautiful passage, sharing with you what God has laid on my heart concerning the message he has in store for us today. We are in the third week of Advent, and as someone reminded me from our staff this week, we light the pink candle, which reminds us of the joy of this season and gives us a bump of light in the midst of darkness. And I hope and pray that this message can bring you comfort and joy and that God will shine his light wherever you are experiencing darkness this morning, this season, or this year. So we're still in the prophet Isaiah, and our theme this year for Advent is when heaven meets earth. What we see in this first portion of Isaiah 61 is that when heaven meets earth, there is healing, there is deliverance, there is liberation. The word is coming to the people of God who are in exile who are not in their homes, who are not in their land, who are unable to worship God in their temple. Isaiah is saying to these people that the spirit of God has sent him to proclaim liberty to the captives, liberation from exile. There is good news on the horizon. Their current situation will not always be so. God will deliver them out of their plight and do great and marvelous things for them. Exile is not the end. God is coming to heal, to deliver, to restore. And we know that historically speaking, there was a remnant that was sent back to Israel after the Babylonians were captured by Persia. So God did heal, God did deliver, God did restore. I was reflecting this week on how I have been in some messy situations, circumstances that I could not see myself out of, hopelessness, darkness, despondency, and God brought me out each and every time. It may not have looked like a deliverance I would have orchestrated for myself. It did not happen necessarily when I wanted it to happen, nor in the way I would have chosen. But he did it. I got out. Oftentimes, the things that I think are going to deliver me, rescue me, take care of me, fail to do what they promise. They may look right on paper, but they aren't the things, the right opportunities, the right time. Before coming to Atlanta and interning with Trinity and attending Emory, 
I was attending a different seminary part-time while working for a church whose community I was really drawn to and had longed to be part of and had high hopes for the ministry opportunities there. But things just didn't work out, kind of from the gate actually. Yet I muddled through it and even so, eventually got really hurt. And in typical Enneagram 9 conflict avoidant fashion, I left the country to pursue a theology degree in Scotland. Talk about conflict avoidance. I'm just gonna put an ocean between me and my problems. Nevertheless, I brought bags to Scotland with me, but I also brought baggage to Scotland with me as well. Unprocessed, unworked through stuff. And it ended up being a really hard year. For me, my deliverance was to put all that drama behind me and escape and have this fairy tale experience. But that didn't happen. And even though I was accepted into a PhD program while over there after completing my master's degree, it just seemed more and more like this was not God's will or God's time for my life. I ended up getting very sick, had to move back to the United States, live with my parents for a year, and just had a really difficult time. But it was in the midst of that collapse, that soul searching, that God came to me. And I wouldn't be who I am now and prepared to do the ministry I'm being called to today had I not gone through that instability, that pain, that disappointment, that failure. A lot of times, God's chosen path for healing and deliverance for us comes through failure. It looks like exile. But when he brings you out in the way that he chooses, the way that he appoints, it is always the best thing for us, even when we don't understand it, even when we're still in darkness and don't know why. For many of us, that is what 2020 has been like. We have been in Advent all year, in exile all year, waiting for deliverance, waiting for help, waiting for rescue. We have waited for a vaccine, we have waited for test results. We have waited for election results. We have waited to go back to church. We have waited to see loved ones, grandparents, parents. Waited for job opportunities. Waited to get married or to find someone to marry. For babies to be born. For occasions to be celebrated. For Christ to come back. Matthew mentioned last week that he put up his Christmas tree on November 7th. I confess I have been listening to Christmas music for a very long time which also means I am a bad Anglican. But I needed that. I need that. I needed that joy, that hope. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears. I don't know about you, but that song hits different this year. I have been in exile all year, which makes this Advent season especially pointed for me, and I know it does for you too. And yet Isaiah says that he brings good news to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Later in verse nine, he says, their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. Who today is feeling like a people whom the Lord has blessed? I can imagine not a lot of you. And yet Isaiah is saying to the scattered, alienated, and broken community that exile does not have the final say, that there is hope for redemption, for restoration, where they will be fruitful, 
they will have descendants, families in their land again, in their home. An unbelievable encouragement to hear in exile. And yet, like the Jewish community whom Isaiah is addressing, we, like them, will hear these words and stay in exile, likely for a while longer. It's hard to believe that things can be different or will be different when things are the way they are. And we know things are not going to be righted overnight. It should be added, however, that since this book is prophecy, that there is more going on here than just the literal liberation of God's people and rescue from their geopolitical situation in Babylon that Isaiah is describing. There's also a notion that outside of the historic biblical circumstances of the people of God who were captured by the Babylonians and outside of our present day situation in 2020, that there is a different kind of exile that we've always lived under, a cosmic exile. Yes, 2020 has sucked, but really, all of life has been in exile for us, if we're honest. We have been longing for a place to call home, a community, and a place to belong to. We have felt isolated, cut off, alienated, and alone all of our lives. And so in Advent, we talk about making room, making space for the coming of God through Jesus, the baby who is Emmanuel, God with us. God with us is the solution to this world of exile. The song says, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel, the solution to our cosmic homelessness is a baby for whom there was no room in the end. God comes to heal us, to heal our souls and bring us into fellowship with himself, to make his home with us, to heal our cosmic loneliness, isolation and devastation. And so when things don't go right here, and I know that they haven't gone right for you in 2020 as they have not gone right for me, it is a reminder that we are in exile as a human race. When millions die due to a global pandemic, we know there is something wrong with the way things are. Our world is not as it should be. Some of the victims of COVID-19 this year who lost their lives were prisoners. A statistic came out recently that 80% of those who died of COVID-19 in Texas County jails were never even convicted of a crime, but they died. There is something wrong with where we live and how we do life. This world is in exile. We need a king to come, to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. When we survey the brokenness of our world, our own personal exiles and the exile of our society, it should lead us to groaning and crying out, oh come, oh come, Emmanuel, we need a rescuer, we need a redeemer, we need God to be with us. And what we believe at Advent is that God did come historically in Jesus to do just that, to be with us. Jesus actually quotes this prophecy. It's the only time in the New Testament where Jesus takes Holy Scripture and says, this is about me. I am the one who has come to make all things right. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Luke chapter four, beginning at verse 16. When he came to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. 
He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Christ has come, dear ones, to set us free from what alienates us from one another and from God. In him there is liberty, there is salvation. He comes to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give you a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. The hymn says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Jesus has come to make all things right. I don't know if there are any Lord of the Rings fans among you, I really enjoyed the first two films, although the third film, Return of the King, was not as good as the book, in my opinion. It didn't have as much power, but one thing present within the book they did not emphasize as much is what happens when the king returns. Aragorn, who is the rightful heir to the throne in Gondor, when he comes, things start to change. Not only do they win the war against evil and darkness, but he heals the sick and the wounded. In the chapter called The Houses of Healing, Tolkien writes, the hand of the king is the hand of the healer, and so shall the rightful king be known. Tolkien definitely employs a messianic motif here, and what it communicates is that there is something about the rightful king being on the throne, the long expected one who comes and ministers and tends to the hearts, souls, and bodies of his people. That's what we believe as Christians. He comes to make all things new. He comes to make all blessings flow far as the curse is found. He heals us in our cosmic weariness and will finish that work in an ultimate sense at the end of time when heaven will really meet earth. In the meantime, you and I are still living in cosmic advent, waiting for that day when things ultimately will be made right. We know that things will not improve necessarily when administrations change, nor with a shipping out of a vaccine. And so it is our job as Advent keepers to continue the healing work that Christ has done. We do not wait in vain, nor in idleness. We who have been healed and touched by Jesus have work to do to bring his kingdom to bear here and now. Because in Christ, we too become kings, queens, priests, ministers, healers, even prophets. We too are called to say, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me and has anointed you to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. And yes, this is meant in a New Testament sense that we are to preach the gospel to those who are captive to sin, darkness and brokenness, to preach the liberty that is in Christ our savior, absolutely. But there is also a very real sense where we need to be working for justice and advocating for the poor and marginalized, where our kingdom work can be literally not only proclaiming liberty to captives, but helping to release prisoners. 
to comfort those who mourn, to work against injustice. There has been a lot of mourning this year, mourning because of the loss of life due to the virus, but also the loss of life due to white supremacy. And many black brothers and sisters have not felt comforted, have not felt seen or loved. Are we going to learn to be a people who learn how to mourn with the brokenhearted? To say, I may not understand your pain, but I see you and I grieve with you. We are called to weep with those who weep, but also to rejoice with those who rejoice. The text ends with, they will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. The text says that the exiled community will go back to their city and that they will rebuild the broken walls. Will Gaffney, womanist theologian and professor of Old Testament at Bright Divinity School, wrote recently, what the, Israelites what the Israelites found on the other side of the desert was that even when you can go back home, nothing is as it was before. You have changed. The world has changed. And that is something we need to face ourselves. We're waiting for the world to get back to normal. Though neither in exile nor captivity, the pandemic has been the cause of great sorrow, grief, and pain. And we just wanna get back to normal. But what we are waiting for in the future will not be as it was before. When the lockdown is over, will things go back to normal? Or are we being prepared in this cosmic advent to come back to our city and rebuild it? Will we, in this time of waiting, allow God to do the deep work within us in exile so that we can be builders when the time comes to repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations? There needs to be repair in this country, generational repair for the sins of chattel slavery, among other things. There's been a lot of good waking up that has happened this year, but there is still a lot of work to be done. Are we going to be a people who come to our broken, ruined city and be builders, healers, prophets, priests? In a moment, we are going to come forward for communion and acknowledge that we are a people who are in need of repair, all of us. And I just want to invite you to take a moment right now and prepare for that encounter. Take a moment to close your eyes and just be present to the Lord. Be present to what is in you right now that needs repair. Is there something in your story that needs repair? Something in your body? Something in your mind? Do you have a mental health issue which needs repair? And just imagine that you are looking at this thing within you and Jesus is beside you too, looking at it with you. No judgment, no shame, just curiosity and love, tenderness. The hands of the king 
are the hands of a healer. Before we close, let's pray the prayer Jesus taught us, which models for us this very idea that we are healed, that we are becoming healing people, that we are forgiven as we forgive others. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.